What's happening, good people? Guess what? It's your girl, Miss Keisha, with a little chat and chew for you. Yo, I have missed y'all. I know y'all miss me. <laughs> so, so much has happened. Oh, my God. If you have not noticed, I have a new home. Give it up for my new home. Mm. Woo! Let me tell you, I'm like the Jeffersons. I'm moving on up. <laughs> To the east side. I'm on the east side, baby. Um, big shout out to um, Five North. Uh, no, excuse me. Five North Main and my podcast studio manager, Evan, who is making this damn thing happen. You hear me? Listen, this was such a blessing to um, just get in contact with Evan. And um, we just clicked and everything just worked out. And it's just running so smooth. We had a little technical difficulties. That's why we a little bit late. But it's all good. You know, something new. We're going to get it rolling. And we're going to do the dang thing. You heard? So, um, shout out to New Beginnings um, here at Five North. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited for the shows that we're going to have here. We isn't like, bro, I wish I could show you the whole atmosphere. Like, it's it's a vibe. You hear me? It is a whole vibe. I can't wait for girls' night, guys' night, round table talk. I cannot wait. It's going to be amazing. You can best believe um, that we're going to have a good time. So um, we can even now bust it. You can call in, bro. We're going to have it for the next couple of um, episodes. We won't have it on this one, all right? Let, let us get our groove, okay? Okay. But um, we do have the opportunity for the uh, viewers, you, the viewers, to call in. So we're excited about that. Um, and we're just excited for this uh, next adventure, you know? I'm all about a new adventure. You guys should know that by now. So, ah, man, bro. Let, let me let me just uh this is how I want to start tonight, okay? Um I'm gonna define friendship. No? I wanna talk about friendship. Um I have friends that I have had since high school. Yeah, we celebrated our 30th reunion class in 92 Wilson High School, turn up, and we had an amazing time. Um, but I want to define, I want to talk about friendship. Like, so I'm going to tell you what uh, the dictionary says. Webster says, this is what Webster says friendship means. Friendship is divine, defined as the state of being friends, the relationship between friends. The secondary definition is a friendly feeling or attitude, kindness, or help given to someone. So that led me to ponder, what is the real meaning of friendship to you? And I now know what it means to me. Uh, what is true friendship? How do you define true friendship? How do you define um, giving somebody that title your friend? And how do you let them into a place where you create in a, a friendship relationship with them? You know, how do you define that? Who gets who gets in and who who gets in the friendship club and who doesn't? Um, does is friendship? Do you think friendship should last a lifetime? Like these are questions that I have been pondering about friendship. Is a relationship 
friendship is a relationship of mutual trust, respect, and admiration. Do you think that is what friendship is? Should it be some kind of way of those things? How about this? Um, who do you, again, who do you qualify to have that title of friend? And how about this? How do you respond when the friendship is fractured? It's deep, ain't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, just my take on friendship, uh, you know, I believe that a small circle is the definition of happiness, you know? Um, and that's just at a point that I'm at in my age, okay? Um, in my life, I don't need no new friends. I'm just with it. I don't need no new friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm happy with my circle. So, like, and how do I define um, my friends? Like, um, they have to be trustworthy. They have to be um, compassionate. They have to be uh, empathetic. They have to be honest. You know, like, I'm not looking for perfection because none of us is perfect. You know, and I'm not at this age in time, like, you know, me and my best friends, we don't talk every day. And that's cool, you know, because I could remember a time when I was in my younger years that I felt like I had to have friends. Like, I am so glad that God didn't give me all those friends that I wanted, you know. But um, and then let's ponder on this. How do you respond to a friendship that's fractured? Me personally, um, I don't respond. I meet people where they are. So if I let you into my circle, into my space, and you betray my trust or whatever happens that it changes the relationship to where I no longer want you in my close circle, then I have to just meet you where you are, who you've shown me you are. That's it. No, no love loss, no hard feelings. Um, I just meet you where you are. Now, having said that, I will add this disclaimer that my therapist did tell me this week that I am emotionally detached in a lot of ways. That I think of things that I'm more of a logical thinker. And so I think of things in black and white. That's just how it is. And I would say I agree to a certain degree. And I, I actually, like, me and her went back and forth because at first I was like, you don't know me. <laughs> you don't know me like that to be, be telling me that I ain't nice because I'm hella nice. <laughs> but the thing is, it depends on the relationship. And that's what, you know, she had to break it down to me, give me an understanding. Um, about some things, about, you know, just seeing it through the viewer's perspective, not just my own. So it was a whole lot behind that. But nonetheless, back to friendship, um, I can see where that personality trait is a positive because why do I need to put more energy into this when you have clearly shown me who you are? And maybe I have shown you who I am and we don't jive no more. So what you going to fight about? What you going to argue about? What you going to debate about? It is what it is, right? 
let it go. Just let it go. And that's 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 where I am in life. Like, no hard feelings. I wish you no ill will. You know what I'm saying? Like, me and my best friend. Like, I was, I was upset with her. I mean, draws dirty upset with her. Because it's like, I ain't heard from you. What's the, what's the problem? And so when, you know, homecoming time came and I went home and I saw her, I just had to tell her, like, how oh, I'm mad at you. How you just, you don't do that. You don't do that. I don't like that. You know, and she explained it to me or whatever, but, you know, um, my feelings was hurt. That's the bottom line. And so I had to be honest with her. I just couldn't just sit there like, oh, we cool. Bro, we not cool. You need to explain to me why you wasn't talking to me because I'm feeling some kind of way. Like, no, nah, bro, you ain't got many friends. Bro, I've I been here from the, you know, the beginning. Like, you don't just kick me to the curb. But... At times, I was like, you know, it's whatever. But then when I saw her, it's like, nah, this is my dog. I love her. Like, nah, I love her. Like, what, what, why? Why you wasn't talking to me, you know? So, um, you know, we we talked about it, and she understood, and she was very apologetic. She told she reassured me that she loved me or whatever, and so it was cool. I still give her a hard time because I'm me. Like, y'all know me. So, but... Really, I guess what I'm saying is, like, there comes a time, um, Shane, can you stop? You making noise. Oh, yeah. It's just, he ain't here tearing up stuff, y'all. I have a guess, but uh, I guess he wants to introduce himself before time, but, <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> yeah, so, so that all brings me to this. You need to know who you are bringing into your circle before you bring them in there. I mean, I know that there is always going to be something that you miss, you you didn't realize or whatever the case, but you need to get real damn close to understanding who you are surrounding yourselves with. You know, that brings me to this topic of, you know, this young lady from Charlotte that went to Cabo with a group of her friends. And one of them had the title of, best friend and they beat this they allegedly beat this girl to death and they allegedly and then they allegedly lied and said that she died of alcohol poisoning and the autopsy clearly says that she didn't die but the sad part was you know they videotaped beating this girl up like that's crazy to me like I don't understand why people, the first thing they think is to pull out your damn cell phone. Maybe because the Brooklyn in me, I'm not finna hold up and pull out my damn cell phone with some shit that's happening that's wrong is going on. I'm like, mm -mm, I'm not, I'm not pulling in my cell phone. Like I don't want to record it. I want to get the hell out of here. Y'all you know I mean, but nonetheless, they recorded it. They, you know, and they're, they're not kids. These are 25 year old young adults so they know better yeah their brains isn't really matured I got all that but they still know better and to come back and then you know you go see her parents and then you're sending this video out like that's just a level of like stupidity that I can't even explain you know um so 
I just think it's important now, you know, just seeing these type of things happen. Like, you just got to know who's in your circle. You got to know who you're dealing with, bro. You got to know. Like, it's no such thing as casual relationships anymore. Like, you just have to be safe. Like, this is a different time. Hell, this is a different time when I was a teenager. It's a damn different time. Like, for real, for real. So, um, you know, just evaluate your circle. You don't you don't need a whole bunch of friends to feel that you're appreciated or you're friendly. You can be friendly to a lot of people, but you don't have to give them those titles. Only certain people do deserve those titles. And when people show you who they are, trust and believe. That's who they are, baby. They're not going to change for you. Only way a person changes for the better is when they decide to do it for themselves. You shouldn't want anyone to change for you anyway. You should because that's taken away from that person. So you're not getting that full person because they're so busy trying to please you. Why you want that person? You see what I'm saying? So let's just think about these things. And, you know, let's have these conversations with our young adults and our teenagers, especially about these damn cell phones, you know, going out with people, Ubering. Like, you you just got to be careful. Like, bro, you just got to be careful. Everybody ain't nice. You know, everybody don't have your best interests out in mind. Everybody, it just, it's, just, it's just the way of the world. It, it's just the way it is. So, um... So, yeah, so on that note, we're going to swing right into things. So, um, yeah, so let's talk about today's topic. So I tried to do something a little, I, you know, I didn't want to be biased or whatever. So, um, yeah, I didn't want to be biased. So the topic tonight is uh, da -da -da -da, single parenthood, blood in, blood out. What set you wet, mama, dad, right? So, um, you know, I was pondering who I was going to have on this show, how it was going to roll. I was like, I had invited, a, you know, a couple of girls that I know. One girl, she was like, I'm shy. People going to be looking at me. I'm like, girl, you can't see them people looking at you. What you feeling shy for? But nonetheless, she was feeling shy. So I told her, understood, okay? Um, but... It ended up how it's supposed to be. So I have two of my friends, you know, um, one I came up in the military. I met while I was in the military, one I met outside of the military. But nonetheless, these gentlemen have been single parents, you know, they have. Uh, and, and I just feel like sometimes I feel like the dudes get, you know, they get the short end of the stick. You know, because, yeah, I got it. It's a lot of dudes out here, and it don't even matter what the race is. It's a lot of dudes out here that's not doing the right thing, that's not, you know, putting in that time with their children, you know, um, doing what they supposed to be doing as a dad. I get it. But what about those dudes that are? What about them? What about those single men who have their kids full time and they're balancing it, you know? And I got to thinking like my social group for Thanksgiving, we always look to help a single mother. You know, it's always a single mother. But I'm not like, man, 
I wonder if the guys go through the same struggles that we go through, you know? Can you imagine being a single parent raising a teenage daughter? God bless your soul, because I know, like, <laughs> ooh, I love my baby, but she... She was different, you know what I'm saying? Like, but but I'm a woman, so I could relate a lot to a lot of the stuff that she was going through. Now I can say that when my son was coming up, it was a whole nother different, you know, situation. But um, so just imagine if she was on the other foot. And I got to thinking, I'm like, this is gonna be a dope show. So I have two amazing men on my show tonight. Um, by my side, I have the handsome, the lovable Mr. James Shane Williams. Okay. All right. You say hello to the people, Shane. Don't be shy. What's up, family? How y'all doing out there? Oh, you didn't put your DJ voice on, did you, Shane? You put your DJ voice on. And then we have streaming in, we have Mr. Tino Singh. So, um, first, let me do my disclaimer. Say hello to the people, Tino. Hey, how's everybody doing? All right. Listen, Tino is a little reserved. He's like a, a neat glass of scotch, okay? Understand that. All right. So, here's my disclaimer, all right? The opinions and experiences that are shared on this show is that of myself and my guests. We are sharing for informational purposes in hopes of assisting someone, but not to change anyone's views to be that of ours. You hear me? Okay. Um, we understand and acknowledge the choice to agree to disagree respectfully. So um, just, in, just enjoy our conversation and, and how it's going. So... So this whole single parenthood, you know, like, um, there's a lot of people who wouldn't make it as a single parent. You know, don't you think, Shane? Don't you know people that probably wouldn't make it as a single parent? Uh, definitely that. Definitely yeah. that. There's some people out there, whether it be male or female, that are struggling out there. And I know everybody wasn't meant to be a single parent. I mean, even even before they have, they, they have kids, I think it's, um, you know, it's not for the weak at heart. You know, so... Shane, tell us how many kids you have. Well, I've been blessed. Uh, I've been out here. I have two uh, biological killers of my own. I've uh, been blessed to uh, help raise four others. And so it's been a good journey. Yes. So while Shane is being very modest, um, Shane actually took care of, I mean, um, his daughters that were not biologically his, they chose to live with him. And he took care of them. So he was the sole parent. And I think that is very commendable. Because I just got to be honest, Shane. <laughs> and no. It wasn't always easy, but, you know, I've been blessed. Uh, I had a lot of support. My mom was there mm -hmm, to help me out. Mm -hmm. um, those lady times came with some discussions that was uh, outside of my realm. Right. You know, my mom was able to step in. Right, and actually right. educate me as well. So. Right, right, yeah. Definitely. But that's good, yeah. A, a support, a major support system is key when being a single parent. So, Tino, tell us about your little crumb snatches. How many kids do you have? So, three boys biologically and one that I helped raise. Mm -hmm. um, all are pretty much grown right now, except for my youngest, um, who's, you know, he's figuring his way out. Right, right. 
So, see, Tino was blessed. He had all boys, you know? Boys are way less work than girls. You know, Tito was blessed. Yeah. The dream was a daughter, but it didn't happen. I mean, I know all men want, yes, all men want to have a daughter. But, bro, let me tell you, you dodged a bullet in raising a daughter. Bro, you did. So, let's get into this. Because, you know, like, um, I know with, I know I would say me. I'm just going to talk about my experience as a, a single parent. Like, when my kids were coming up, um, uh, I had to make choices to benefit them, you know. And sometimes, you know, friends didn't understand, and you just had to break it down to them. Like, you know, I got these kids, they mine, and I got to take care of them, you know. So there were a lot of times when, you know, I couldn't do what I wanted to do all the time. I mean, I can remember struggling with Dominique and Dante when me and my ex-husband divorced and I had to make a choice between gas or food. You know what I mean? And um, of course, Dominique and Dante don't remember this. They just remember living a good life, you know, but... Eating and sleeping. You know what I'm saying? Like, but there really was hard times and it's like... um, you know, how did you, Shane, how did you deal with um, those trying times that came about? And it was no one there. You had to make the sacrifice or the decisions for the sacrifice, you know, in a in a better manner for your children. Well, you know, there's a lot of times that when you're dealing with that, you find yourself with a lot of sleep at night. Mm-hmm. And so you're up thinking, you're praying, um, days when your children are sick and Else yeah, you. man. Um, and you know, you're trying to get them back and forth to school on a sick day. And the well is, you know, you're trying to get to work after being up all night. Right, right, so, right. You know, sometimes it just took a lot of prayer to keep moving forward uh, without giving up because you also know you had those to count on you. Right, right, so right. So when you can't count on somebody else, all you can do is put God in front of you and just keep moving forward. Right, yeah. You know, me and my daughter had a conversation last night. She's just like, you know, I never want to exp- have an experience to where. My daughter misses out on something because I relied on somebody else to do to do something. And so she missed out because somebody else didn't hold their, you know, hold their word. And and that's a big deal because at the end of the day, kids don't care about, well, auntie and Mr. So-and-so and Miss So-and-so said they was going to, they like mommy, daddy, like whoever's the adult did, mommy, daddy, well, what happened? You know, well, what happened? So, so I get it. You know, I get it. Um, Tino, can you, um, how, what are some experiences you had? Um, well, well, let's, let's do this. Let's actually back up. So you were married, right? Yeah, so I was. And I think, you know, honestly, I think majority of my struggles, majority of our struggles, right, came throughout our marriage, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm 24 years old. Right. So early in the career, that those were the financial struggles. Mm-hmm. So by the time I actually became uh, a single, single parent, the struggle was a financial mm-hmm. struggle became mental and emotional. Right, that right. That's good. Right? So it was a different type of struggle for me. Um, financially, I was there. You know, been promoted multiple times. Right. Kind of know where I was. So it became mental and emotional. And I think, um, I think the hardest part was getting hit with the pandemic and. You know, trying to work, uh-huh. homeschool, and 
but you're homeschooling the kid with with autism, dyslexia, and and all various other issues, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Those became some mental and emotional bet, times. So I mean, I, you know, I, um, I think for me the hardest point was the day I found out my son had autism. I think I just went into a corner and started crying. Right? Wow! I didn't know what to expect as a parent. Like, how would I deal with it? Right? How would I adjust? How would I move forward? But well, you just gotta, you know, I kind of just like looked at him and it was smiling. So I was like, "Hey, he's smiling." That's right. Go. That's so, right. You know, that I think so. For me, it wasn't financial; it was mental. Right. Right. Yeah, I can see that. I could totally see that. So, how did you deal with that, though? How did you, you know, basically get up and shake the dust off? I see him smiling. I need to pull it together, and we need to keep on moving forward. So. As my son was going through therapy, I was like, you know, um, you know, we as men, black men, and not to kind of deviate from the subject at all, right? We kind of tend to shy away from therapy because it kind of makes us seem weaker. Uh-huh. You're right, though. You're 100 percent right. So, I'm um, so with that being said, I took the route of um, choosing to do therapy on, on my own, right? Myself. Oh, that's awesome. So that could help me understand how to deal with him and deal with the struggles I was dealing with. So. You know, so I think to me, therapy was what helped me figure it out. And taking him to his therapy mm-hmm. once a week helped me understand his side of it as well. And right. through conversations and, and, you know, dialogue with him each day, kind of kind of begin to understand it, right? right, and right. So, and then it was, a, it was kind of getting beyond just saying, hey, my child has a disability versus looking at my child as a normal child like right, everyone else. And right. I think once I, once I grasped that power, peace, right? I stopped saying, okay, he has a disability, and I just kind of went about it that way. So I think that's how I ended up dealing with the therapy and understanding him and meeting him where he was as a child. Yeah. So how did, how did you, how did you make yourself healthy? How did you find that stability for you? Make your, you know. Me, I mean, it was, honestly, it was therapy, and I had to find out, you know, um, I had to find out what, um, what makes me happy, right, was right. going to the gym and decompressing, mm-hmm. right? Um, so to me, that was my um, that was my outlet. Um, so I use that to make myself healthy. You know, as, as, as your child progresses right, right, and um, right. and gets better, it also helps you, right? Because right. now you're seeing a progress mm-hmm. in them, so it gives you a sense of happiness or right, peace right. that they're getting better. So, I, so, so that's essentially what helped me. That's awesome. Um, and that honestly is a testament to me, whether you know it or not, um, because, you know, I dealt with, you know, a traumatic time that, you know, my daughter had um, way, way different. Okay. Way, way, way different. And as she got into her adulthood, she would always tell me like, oh, mom, you're just so not emotionally, you know, you're so emotionally detached. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm here, bro. If I'm not here, I'm at work. Like, what do you want me to do? There's no in-between. But what I have realized through therapy is that um, I wasn't looking at it. I wasn't considering her feelings. I wasn't considering how she saw it through her lens. You know, kind of like what he said, you know. Um, And so, I mean, I wish I would have had this epiphany some years ago because it would have taken away a lot of heartache. Mm-hmm. But needless to say, I'm on the road of recovery <laughs> to, uh, you know, being a little bit emotionally um, 
you know, vulnerable to those that I love. Because I am a, you know, black or white, is it, is it? You know, that's, I, that's just how I think. And, you, you know, when it happened to her, it was like, okay, it happened. Now what? Now where do we go? What do we do? And, and you know, she reminded me, like, as an adult, I have said it to her. Okay, it happened. Now let's move on. But I, she felt dismissed and that I didn't support her. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, we need to move on to the next good thing. We can't keep holding on to this bad thing, you know. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm a work in progress, and, <laughs> and, and therapy is definitely helping. And, you know, I had to, I, I did, I had to apologize. You know, we always say that parents do not apologize to their kids, but listen, I did it. And if you could just hear the sounding, like I could feel, I could sense her spirit lifting in the sound of her voice just by me apologizing to her sincerely. Like she knew the sincerity behind behind what I was saying. So, um, you know, we're, we're working through this. And, um, and so, you know, I, I, my hat's off to you, Tino, that you, you know, you actually took the time to say, okay, you know, I know what society says. I know what the myths say, but this is what I need to do for me so that I can be a healthy me in order for me to be a better, better parent to my kids. So hats off to you, uh, especially as a black man, because you hit the nail on the head when within our community, like it is frowned upon um, to do therapy because they're thinking that, um, you know, you're going to be weak or whatever. So, um, so yeah, that's that, yeah, yeah, that was, that, that is definitely amazing. And, um, I hope that you continue to tell your story so you can be a, um, example and a, a, a testament to the positivity that comes from, um, you know, just being a better you and trying to be a better you because that's what therapy is for, for you to be a healthy you, you know? So, okay. So let's talk about this. How about this? How about this? Um, let me see. I got a little notes here. You know, I, I didn't want to be too deep in, you know what I'm saying? But, but, um, how about this? Um, Tino, you got any grandchildren? Nah, oh, nah, I don't. And um, sad you know, I'm gonna just pray I don't have any for a long time. Oh my God, listen <laughs> at you. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's hey, gonna like, change, bro. Yeah, it's gonna change your life, bro. It's like well, my kids disappeared when, yes, when my granddaughter yes. was born. It was just like, like somebody said, I was like, y'all cooking for Thanksgiving because I need a plate, and it's like, <laughs> they're like, is you not going home? I said, nah, my grandbaby's supposed to be with her father's people, uh. so we don't really like each other when Journey ain't around. <laughs> like, like we'll see you later. Yeah, yeah. We'll see, we'll see Happy Thanksgiving. I'm gonna holla at you. <laughs> you know, Journey ain't there, so we don't really have no reason to get together. But, but yeah, grandchildren, yeah, are. Uh, um, Okay, so let's let me stay on focus. So I can tell you that another challenging thing with with me and my kids, uh, just in virtue of being in the military, and I know all three of us have is serving or have served. Um, moving was a big deal for my babies. Yeah, moving was a big deal. Um, they did not like as the older they got, they did not like to move. Like yeah, they did not like to move. Yeah, so. Um, 
You know, we stayed in Fayetteville for a very long time, my last duty station, but before I retired. But um, we moved from county to county. And so that was, a, you know, they had to move schools and they were not happy about that. They was like, you know, you told us we didn't have to move. So how did your kids handle that, Shane? You know? Well, you know, sometimes it wasn't easy um, moving the kids from actually we wound up moving from state to state. And so, you know, we did spend some good times, you know, where four or five years in one place. Mm. Um, That's but, a good know, thing of being in the Air Force. You know that, right, Tino? We, we had longer stays yeah. than y'all do, sadly. Two months, um, thirty day deployment. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. definitely. You know, out there longer than or shorter than we are. But um, my children actually was able to adapt. But as you said, you know, once they got older, you know, you start moving around. They enjoyed it in the beginning because they see new places, things right, to talk about. Right. Yeah. But um, you know, it did become an uh, issue because the kids is like, you know, I'm losing my friends. I'm right. starting all over again. I'm rebuilding all over again. You know, and and we had an incident one time where my daughter was in the cheerleading squad, and so moving her. We actually want to get have to pull her out of the children's squad, and I'm gonna tell you that was a long year. Right, she right. had accomplished herself. She was on um, the co-captain of the team, you know. And so when you're moving kids around, mainly mm-hmm. being in the military, it's not always easy because you're actually moving towards Uncle Sam's goal, right, right, right. you know. And your rest of your family and everybody else is just following you in that goal, and it's not always good. So the kids, you know, my my oldest one, she kind of like was like, okay, Dad, we're gonna do what we gotta do. My middle one, though, she was really involved, and my baby girl. She was like, hey, where are we go? Yeah, you know? yeah. But as the kids, like I said, they got older. It's like, uh, look here, can we just be still? I know, I know. Yeah, that's how Dominique and Dante was. How about your kids? You know, how do they, how um, do they, because their mother is in the army too, right? Um, My youngest. Your youngest. Yeah. So how do, um, how do the kids, you know, how do they adapt? How did they adapt to that? Um, it was a challenge, um, hands down, right? Um, it was a challenge because, you know, my son, for instance, you know, he um, he tried out for the football team and the coach was like, hey, man, you're a natural. But then a year later, we had to pick up and move. So then he tried out for basketball and then we had to get up and move again. So he just kind of gave in and said, like, you can't, can't never get a stability, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of crushed his spirit. Um, but... You know, I think um, also having a conversation with him, he felt like it made him stronger, right? It made him more resilient. That's so, awesome. yeah. double-edged sword, right? Um, yeah, essentially, right. and and you know, my you know my middle son, he refused to make friends. Oh. Um, you know, because he feels like he still reaches, he still talks to his friends from three duty stations previously, wow. right? Because he feels like, hey, like it's just not worth it. Wow. You know, we're gonna move in three years, so you kind of. Just kind of avoided meeting friends until just recently. This was the first time in the last three duty stations where he decided, okay, I'll get cool with a few people, because he felt like nothing was consistent. Right. So I think that, that that was the biggest challenge, right? Um, you know, um, flip side of it, I think it makes them resilient. Definitely, yes. Military kids are definitely a different breed. They see a different world. Yes, they do. See it from a different perspective. Yeah, and my daughter once told me that. Um, <laughs> When they went to public school in high school, she was like, it was scary, mom. She was like, you know, it was just a different, they felt safer around other military kids. Like they could, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the hoopla or, you know, worried about what nobody else, you know, got on or it it was just more, um, Different experience. Yeah, just a yeah. different experience. Coming out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And definitely they, they prefer to be 
in school on a military installation with other military kids. Yeah, that commonality is definitely a, a plus um, because, you know, just like ourselves, when you're dealing with military, no matter what branch you're in, we have some commonality about that. Right, so and right. you got the kids that right. coming from a different mindset. It's not about, you know, the hoopla, what you're dressing, how you're dressing. It's a, it's the connection of, look, okay, I'm my mom and dad is in the military. Right, right. You know? And that's what she said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so listen, I got uh, we got a few minutes. Um, I have one question. Now, um, um, dating, how did you date? How did you decide that? <laughs> that you wanted to like how did that work for you I know how it worked for me like but how like when they were little like you know let's talk about stage one stage two you know stage three they they like doing their own thing they like 20 or whatever but stage one is like from like one to damn 13 and then 13 on up stage two so how did you manage a social life. I'll let you take that, Tina, first. Pass <laughs> um, the baton. So, you know, social life, right? Um, to me, um, you know me for a while. I'm more so kind of like chill to myself, right? Um, but I, you know, you know, I've always felt like um, I think when I was dating, I wasn't dating, looking for a mother for my kids, right? But in the same sense, I was dating with the intent that we never know what tomorrow may bring. So whoever I date out to make sure that they are motherly, right? right? Mm -hmm. So 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 that played a so that played an aspect in whoever I chose to date. Mm -hmm. And on top of that now, it was a big problem because I felt like I'm not bringing anybody around my kids. That part. Unless I know that we are going the distance. And the distance doesn't mean jumping in bed and we rumbling around for a couple months and then we breaking waves, right? The okay. distance means, hey, our intent, we have an intent of going much longer, something more um, more serious. So that put a, um, you know, that put a, um, yeah. it, it put a wrench in the plans, yeah, right? But I'm stressed, <laughs> sure. I'm stressed. <laughs> it put a wrench in the plans. You know. But you know, you, um, you find ways, right? Because right. Of course, we are very adults, resourceful. Parents are very resourceful. Exactly, yes. right? We have to figure out. We, we have to figure out how to date. And then, you know, um, when they were young, I really didn't. I'm early, didn't at all. Right, right. Um, once, once my oldest got to the age to where he could watch them, um, then I felt better going out. Then I can't leave them at home with my oldest because I was never really a big fan of babysitters, right? Gotcha, um, yeah, so yeah, once he got yeah. to that point, then I would go out and date, but, you know, never bring them around my kids or my kids around them yeah. or anything like that. So it, it was a challenge. Um, yeah, so I, I had to keep that balance, right? Balance. And that was a key word, balance. And it was hard, right? Because, you know, you would meet women, right, that says, they have a, um, they'll tell you, hey, I would never date a man with a child under 10 years old. Mm -hmm. I respect it, but then you got a kid that's five years old that's always gone with your with your mama somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? so, they holding so. standards up that they ain't handed themselves. Know, right? You know, right? So, but your mama is your baby daddy. <laughs> exactly. Right. So mm. it, it made it challenging, but you know, I made it work, and I think through doing that. I think I've met amazing people over the years. Yeah. Some are still lifelong friends, right? Mm -hmm. Because they didn't judge me based on my circumstance, but judge me based on who I am. Right, right. That's awesome. All, All right. right, Shane. 
Because I know you got some stories. Well, you know, looky here. I know looky Shane here. got some stories. Some dating stories. You know, you know dating, dating, as he said, my brother said, it, it was in the beginning. Um, when we separated, my daughter was eight. Um, my oldest one, my other one was 10. Uh, actually, she was one was eight, one was 12, and the other one was 14. And so, you know, going into that was a whole different program because the eight-year-old, she was like, whatever, but the, the the other two, you know, you gotta be mindful who you bring around them because they like, mm-hmm. Yeah, they paying attention. They paying attention, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? They're mm-hmm. looking at how they dress, how yep. they speak, how the mm-hmm. conversations. And of course, you know, when they get to that age, they're also comparing them towards their parents. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have that consideration that, you know, they already know you ain't my mother. Right. And so right. that's already a thought. But then it also comes into an idea of that how they're carrying themselves, how they're speaking, what direction they're coming at them with. And so sometimes, as my brother said, you know, you you have to be a thin line between that balance because right, right, you had right. to figure out how much of that beginning stage of your relationship is enough to say it's worthy of bringing right. them into the long run. The long run, yeah. you know, and and because eventually, you know, if it is not true, it will start breaking down. Right, right, right. You know, and kids, kids will break you down <laughs> in a minute, bro. And so, uh, and so, you know, you know, I had a, a situation one time before where. I was dating a young lady, and it got to where she just wasn't. It was weird, is that you know most people say how they want to, you know um, somebody to have teenage kids and all that, mm-hmm. but they couldn't handle the teenage kids because their mentality was still for themselves are pretty much working with kids between the ages of six to ten. Mm-hmm. You know when you're dealing with teenage kids, they're already in high school. They come right. in with different programs. Yeah, they, they got different mindsets, mm-hmm. and so it it put us in a position to where you're trying to give information or give advice based on what my eight-year-old we're doing. We're talking about, you know, 15, 16-year-olds. Yeah, something. no, you got and that so, wrong. And so and it got to where, you know, I was trying to explain to this person how they didn't understand in, in the position that we was in. And it just eventually got to where I was like, mm, this, this ain't, ain't going to work. work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Gotcha. And so, um, you know, and, and from that on, it just I tried to be very patient and mindful of what I have at home before mm-hmm. I started bringing, you know, mm-hmm. looking at where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Like the brother said, I remember in the beginning for the first, when I first um, separated, it took me 15 months just to even go out. Because I didn't want to bring nobody around. And then, right, and right. I could, like, I could. Didn't want to bring no around. And my daughters was like, Dad, Dad, we are okay. Can you please leave? <laughs> Let me I, guess. That was the shame. You know what I'm saying? They was put, they was kicking me out. I was like, see, look at Grandma I'm Goddess. Can you go? You. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, so but uh, it definitely was a blessing in time, you know. And as they continue to grow, and you know, you know, as my man said, you know, his oldest one was able to babysit um, his youngest one, so it gave that freedom to kind of move around a little bit more um, without variation. Yeah, see, I took a, <laughs> I went to the extreme with it. Nah, I ain't dating nobody. Mm. Nah. nah, nah. I'm just be honest. Now, you know, I might have had a plumber here. <laughs> I'm saying, but I wasn't bringing nobody at <laughs> my house. I wasn't. No, my thing was because <laughs> my thing was because I. This is what I saw growing up. It wasn't finna be no Mister or Uncle. Mm. No, ma'am. No. No cheese. No ham, baby. No, no. No, 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 no. Mm. And then you know. I was afraid of something happening to one of them because, yes. you know, by now I'm like paranoid. So yes. I was like, well, guess I won't be doing this. I think Dominique and Dante, when they actually met someone like, you know, the guy came to my house and, you know, picked me up and time. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
he and I had been seeing each other for a minute. And they were shocked. And Dominique and Dante were like 14 and 15, maybe. Mm. And so now, you know, like she, one finna go to high school and the other one, he just doing his thing. He smelling himself and all kind of thing. <laughs> and um, uh, so by the time I was like, you know, he, he you going to let me come to your house and pick you up? I'm like, no, nah, we just going to keep meeting each other. <laughs> like, why, why, why you going to come to my house for? <laughs> but, you know, Dominique and Dante were older. They were in their teens. And I felt like, you know, okay, now they're at a point where they can understand you know so um i remember it's so crazy i totally have to tell this story so the first guy i dated right <laughs> his name was patrick and he drove a a white suburban was mm. it a suburban tahoe it was a tahoe mm. and they used to call him mr big white truck wow okay so <laughs> they used to call Nickname. him mr. Big. we was in we was in bragg and um so I invited him over after like three or four months. I invited him over to have dinner with us to talk mm. to the kids, you know, mm. right? Break the ice. Yeah, break the like, ice. I don't, want, I don't want the kids to keep calling him Mr. Big White Truck. Like, he got a whole name, you know what I'm saying? So he came over, and one thing I tried to do with my kids was whenever I had the opportunity, I would always, we would always eat dinner at the table. Mm. And so I had That's made, a good one. I made some spaghetti. We were all sitting at the table. And I have forgot to give him the disclaimer that my kids are free to tell me whatever they want to. Wow. Right. So he wasn't ready. Oh, Jesus. I wasn't ready. <laughs> so we're like eating. Everybody's, you know, we're talking about our days. Dante talks about his days. So we get to Dominique and we like, like, how was your day, Dominique? Dominique's like, she studied going back on these spaghettis, right? And then she stops and she goes, oh. You know, and some little girl, she was like, oh, so-and-so got caught sucking so-and-so <laughs> dick <laughs> under the stairs. And I was like, if a hole could have opened up, I would have <laughs> fell right through it. So he like over there, like he choking. like. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm trying to change the subject and she just going in. And when they got caught and then blah, blah, blah. She just go because that's how freely Dominique and Dante mm -hmm. were always, you know, just tell whatever it is. I up. preferred them to tell me than to get it in the street. So, yep. but that one time I would have preferred her to take that <laughs> to the street. And I was just like, you know, I'm all apologetic. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he was like, nah, it was cool. You know, just as, you know, see how you and your kids. And we actually dated right. for a while. Yeah, we dated for a while. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but. I just didn't when Dominique and Dante, you know, I, I had my little secret rendezvous, but it was usually during lunch um, or during lunch. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Dominique and Dante would be like, Uncle so-and-so, mm -mm, you ain't got no uncles because mm, I ain't got no brother. So that's right. <laughs> you ain't got no right. uncles, you know. So I just didn't want to expose them to that. And so, like, they just, yeah, they didn't. And so... It, but then, like Tino said, it's a WS a double S sore because now it's like <laughs> I'll be picking with them and I'll be like, they'll be like, Mom, where you going? I'm like, I'm going on a date. And they'll be like, Oh. I said, girl, I'm still trying to find you a daddy. Like, <laughs> 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 Mom, we're too old for a daddy. Yeah. We don't need no daddy no that's more. Right. I'm like, that's baby, right. listen, it ain't what you need, it's what I need. Mm. I'm just trying to find you a daddy, uh -huh. but you know, we laugh about it. But Dominique is 
Dominique more so Dante is very protective of me and like she'll mama, I don't think he the one. Mm. Well, how you don't think? Mm. You ain't got to be with him. I do. No, that's that's when the kids start oh, taking yeah. care of you. She, looking she, out at you. Yeah, she that is how she is. And sometimes I think, well, maybe if I and 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 it also it also affected their way of dating mm. and how they love and how they allow someone else, how they allow themselves to show emotion in that manner to other people because, unfortunately, they were in their teens mm-hmm. when they saw me doing it. Mm-hmm. Before then, it was like, the only person you need to love is me and Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I can say that was the downside of it because Dominique and Dante didn't really have like a... You know, yeah, we would talk about it, but they didn't see it. They they didn't see healthy relationships. They That's didn't a downfall. See, yeah, they didn't see That's healthy relationships. They didn't see married couples, you know, because a lot, I mean, just to be honest, a lot of women in my family aren't married, mm. you know, so, um, mm. you know, they just didn't have that example. So, you know, like my son is, in, it, sometimes he can be a very super emotional being. And he wants, he wants to be married. He wants the whole little... White picket fence, hub bacon pies, mm. like that's what he want, you know. And um, he's like, "What's wrong with these women out here?" And he has an old soul, so he leads more toward. And and this could be a theory behind. They say men look for women like their mothers Mother. yep. because Dante tends to look for a a type of woman that is very um, independent, you know. Um, for lack of a better words, well, I'll say a go-getter, and she knows how to take care of her man. Mm-hmm. And you don't find young ladies with that mentality at their age. So, you know, he went through this whole spell one time, like, these some raggedy hoes out here. <laughs> young man, it's hard out here in these streets. Yeah, that's yeah, it's hard. That's it's hard out here in these streets, mama. Mm-hmm. I said, baby, it's going to come. It's going to come. Mm-hmm. I said, go get your old woman. Mm. Go get your cougar. <laughs> <laughs> go get your cougar. He said, get, that, get the experience. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Get your cougar. You know? He said, well, you know, it's this E5 around here. I, mean, I said, go get a boo. Go get a <laughs> You know. But yeah, I, you know, that was the stance that I took. And I can see it as a positive and a negative. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, they do know. miss out on that. You know, um, sadly, you, and you're protecting of them. You're also shielding them from things they need to see to be right. able to prepare yeah. for when they get older. Yeah. Because yeah. now right. they don't know what that looked like. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, how I didn't learn. How to respond to it and all how to that. respond. Yeah. You know, something my daughter brings, and I don't know if you've been through this yet or not. One of the things my daughter, my youngest daughter, brings back to me is the idea that, you know, also being trapped in that, they never got a chance to see how men and women should be friends. Uh, you know, because mm-hmm. you think about it, you had friends, but you didn't bring them around, so they didn't get a chance to know right, what that friendship right, should look right, like right, to be right. able to build it themselves. And so, uh, and now having my baby boy, um, my youngest one, um, is 12 years apart between my daughter and my son, mm-hmm. and my daughter actually helps educate my son a lot in things that he did not get from me and his mother. Right, I got and you. So, yeah, and so that's, that's one of the big things that it was. You know, and I had a girlfriend of mine, she said the same thing. That her, her two daughters were like, you know, Mom, while you taught us to be women, you never taught us to be a mom. You never taught us to be a wife. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, we yeah. didn't know what that's supposed right, to look like, you know. Right. And for yourself, team, you know, you got boys. And so the ideal about it is as raising them as a man, you know, that pick up how did you cover that as well to where now that when they start looking for a woman, what are they looking for? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, um, I would say, um, you know, some you know, some women ask you, right, what it you know, what has been your failure as a parent, right? And I would say that probably fall within that rib, right? Mm-hmm. Because you never um in the process of protecting them, you've um you've kept them away from mm-hmm. really understanding, mm-hmm. seeing and knowing, right? Yeah. And so I think that would be one of those things, right? And then, you know, um there, there was a message that a pastor preached and I heard it a little bit too late. Right. I heard it a little bit too late in life where he said, um, (laughs) 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He said, um, he said, everyone, um, avoids bringing their kids around relationships they're in because they're afraid the relationship might end. And that child may think that their parents are just dating, but we're not showing that child that not all relationships last. Right. So in the process, we tend to, um, yeah, in the process, we tend to not give them that opportunity, right? So for me, I just talk, right? I just use conversation. You know, unfortunately, um, I'm unable to show you, right? Mm. Um, so the best I can do is tell you, right? right? Um, that, that That's the best I can do because, yeah, I sheltered you, so right. I failed you in that sense, right? So now I just tell them, you know, conversation, through conversation, dialogue, be like, yeah, you know, this is what you do. Hey, man, as a man, you know, this is what you do. And you go out on a date. You know, so on and so forth, right? So mm. that's the best way I can go about yeah, it. Until right? you have a daughter I'm like me. Ah, Ma, you don't know because you <laughs> you didn't date nobody. <laughs> so I'm like, dang, he, he had to throw me to the left yeah, like you that. Up the bus. You know, but the crazy thing is, you know, sometimes I get advice from her. She's mm. like, no, Mama, don't do that. Don't say that. Don't, don't, don't wear that. Don't, mm. no, Mama, this is going to make you. I'll be like, okay, okay, I got it. I got it. But I think I got it all under control now. I just don't date. Well, the, mm-hmm. the, the key to it is, is that, as my brother said, is that the honesty, you know, he was honest yeah, and said yeah, off the bat, good. he said, you know, dad didn't show you, but dad can kind of tell you, you right. know what I'm saying? You know, and with that in mind, you know, having great conversations with your kids, you know, that's, that's one of the hardest things about being a single parent is that, Eventually, they're going to get to their own mindset. Yeah. They're going to get to their own divisions of yeah. what they think is right or wrong and how they see it, you know. And and even though we might have raised in this way, you yeah, always they, you, yeah. hear that, you hear that statement. You hear that statement like, man, I didn't raise them like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I didn't you, do that. I didn't yeah, teach I, didn't, that. I didn't teach you that. You know what I'm saying? And they they just moving. They start. Yeah, they yeah, marching like, forward. You know, bro, like it's the like, best thing since sliced bread. And you're like, you. Yeah, it's like, uh, where did you get that from? But it you know? was in the infamil. I'm yeah. sticking to my story. You know, it was so, in the milk. <laughs> and so, you know, you so you know, that part of it, kudos to you, my brother, like you said, conversations and, and and sometimes those conversations are the hardest conversations because you're actually backpedaling. Yeah, you're trying to catch yeah, up. Yeah. And so um, you know, it's been having that boy at the end, but having girls has definitely been a different mindset because you know, most of the time when you have females you don't want to bring a guy around for right, females right. Um, because if you're a woman, you don't want it because you're scared, afraid of that. Right, right, when you're right. a man, you don't want to kind of bring a female around in certain cases because you don't want them to taint what might be going on with their ah, mom. But the problem coming in is that, and again, all of that sheltering yeah. and all that sheltering, there's also conversations that get lost in between them. Right, right. You know, and when you can go back and kind of pick those pieces up and then keep them in, 
you know, retrospective where you're trying to get your children to. Mm-hmm. Because the reality of it is, is that we all just want our children to be successful out right, here. Right, right. And Absolutely. that means financially, Absolutely. as he talked about spiritually, the idea, kudos to you, my brother, about the therapy. Because a lot of times we don't teach our children to be vulnerable. To be vulnerable mm-hmm. and what's really out there to help them. Right, right. Besides you know us. Besides us. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know, you get out there and the kids, you know, now your children would know, Auntie, uh, when they get older and they struggling, you know, I might need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. my mom like, and my I da- saw my dad do this. I yeah. saw, you know, I saw my yeah. mom do this. They was very transparent about it. So it has to be a good thing if my mom and dad are doing it. Yeah. yeah. So. That's you know, a good point. That's a good point. I, I think a lot of this is a double-edged sword, right? Um, and what I mean by that being a double-edged sword is, you know, yeah, I believe what the pastor said, right? But at the same time, if I'm raising a daughter, do I want to teach my daughter that having a man in, a, in, a, in and out of my house is the way to go as a woman? Right. As a, as a father raising a son or even raising a daughter, right. do I want to teach them that, hey, yeah. man, it's okay to jump from bed to bed? Yeah, no. Right? No, no. Is it so? So, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? It's a, you know, it's a thin line that you're trying to balance, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, I think... I think at the end of the day, we all have to find a balance. And uh, I know my brother alluded to it earlier, right? Balance is the key in this thing, whether we're single parenting, whether it's in our military right, career, right. personal lives, whatever, right? Balance is the key to um, to being successful, right? right, right? right. And, and, and having some honest dialogue, regardless of how hard those dialogues may be. That those is so dialogues true. are also essential. It took me a long time to be able to have that dialogue because... You know, a lot of times growing up as a kid, you never had that, right? right. Mm-hmm. So then you don't know yeah, how to yourself. do yeah. that yourself as a parent, right? So it took me a while to have that dialogue. I think my, my oldest was almost 18 before we actually started having those dialogues. Wow. And once it started with him, it made it easier for the ones to follow, right? right. right? But yes, unfortunately, absolutely. you know, but you know, yeah, it's kind of one of those things. Yeah. Because it's hard to practice what you preach, and one you ain't preaching. <laughs> you know, you ain't you look at it like I, ain't that the truth? All, all of this, all you give them is like, no, <laughs> no. not no why, no why you just no, no. <laughs> it stops right there. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, you know? right, right. So. This has been amazing, which I knew it was, but you guys have totally like dropped some seeds for us, sister, because you know I'm trying to get it right still, you know. Mm-hmm. Mine's might be 20, she about to be 27 in a few wow. weeks, you know. Congratulations. But still, like I'm still, I mean, I, you know, not that I just want to be a better parent, I want to be a better person, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, so this has been great. And then to see it from a male's perspective, like, you know, um, you. yeah, I think I think the guys need to, you know, kudos to y'all. Thank you. Appreciate having us on. You Thank know. you. Um, I think the guys need their love too. You know, they need their flowers too. Um, you know, just like with the whole Mother's Day, Father's Day thing, I'm Mother's Day is for mothers. Father's Day is for fathers. Like, no, ain't no in between mothers doing the fathers. Now, that that ain't our fault. Who you chose to be your children's father mm-hmm. or baby daddy, whichever one you want to call him. You know. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just want to throw in there too. Look here, can we stop cooking on Daddy's Father's Day? <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You know, Daddy I, get on the grill. We're going to buy him an apron can, can, and something. Can we, can we go to dinner and, you know what I'm saying, get some flowers for Father's Day, too? Cause you know what I'm saying? Father's Day always turn out to be a cookout. And you working on your day. What's going on? Uh, you get some socks. That's right. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know? Uh, 
So. Well, I thank you, gentlemen, for sharing your stories with me and my uh, my viewers, my listeners. Um, I absolutely know that there has been some nuggets dropped here tonight. And um, I again, just hats off to you both. I know you both personally, um, two great, amazing uh, men, two great, amazing men, successful, um, successful at their careers and successful as being a parent. So um, definitely, who are you dealing? Definitely hats off to you and thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, And especially to Tino because Tino is very reserved, like Mm. I said. He's (laughs) like a smooth, neat glass of scotch. Okay, baby? Like, you might just kind of swish it around a little bit, okay? (laughs) Get the aroma because you're not going to get too excited. (laughs) It's been but, a pleasure, my brother. Yes, he is an amazing hey, pleasure, person. My brother. Yeah, he is an amazing person. And um, yeah, so my people, my people, my people who are called to this land. So that brings this episode, Blood In, Blood Out. Who rep you sick? So I hope that you guys took from this that there are good single parent women and men. Amen. We're both out here doing it. You know what I'm saying? We so um, thank you guys for joining. First, I want to give honor to God for the opportunity to do what I love. And I love talking. <laughs> so I have, I'm thankful for Five North. Um, you know, they came in clutch because I did not know where the next podcast studio was going to be. And God gave me an amazing environment, and I'm so ready to bring all my friends in, all my guests in. Um, Kudos. You know, to come here. I'm, I'm telling you, this place is amazing. There's it's a, nice. There's a freaking wine cooler over there. Okay. <laughs> it is me? nice. You hear me? The vibe is banging. Okay. Um, um, hats off to my podcast manager Evan. He is making it happen. He is. What you need? What you want? I'm like, all right, Evan. I'm okay. Let's get it. You know, and he's given me the opportunity to open up my podcast and do so many different things that I've been wanting to do. Um, so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for my guest, my first guest in my new home, um, Shane and Tino. Thank you again for thank you for having us. Opening up and allowing yourself to be transparent for the people because I tell people all the time, my podcast is for the people. We're, the things that we do on this podcast is all for the people that's listening. So hopefully we say something that's going to touch someone out there in whatever it is that they're dealing with. Um, and on that note, let me tell you, so... This will be the last episode for the month of November. You know, everybody got to take a little break. You know, I'm trying to move, so I got a little packing to do, even though I'm probably going to be eating ramen noodles for Thanksgiving. <laughs> but uh, while y'all out there eating y'all dressing and y'all red velvet cake and y'all all of that, y'all just say a little prayer for Keisha, who's going to be eating the damn ramen noodles, okay? <laughs> um, But we will be back December 1st, and that uh, episode is going to be bomb. We're going to have an amazing guest um, chime in, and we're going to talk about intimate relationships in a synergetic manner. That shit blew that my mind. Good. That shit blew my mind when he he explained synergy into a, 
emotional relationship. That shit blew my mind. So I am ready to um, present this to you. I'm so excited. Jay is going to be here. Um, He's not going to be here physically. I wish he could, but he will not be here physically. But he will um, chime in. He's going to virtual in, and we're going to... That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about synergy, baby. Synergy. Nice. And on that note, my good people, God bless and good night. And as always, smooches. Do-do-do-do-do. And cut.